Hello, and welcome to Legally Bond, a podcast presented by the law firm Bond, Shenikin King. I'm your host, Kim Wolf-Price. In this episode, we're honoring all of the veterans and active military members associated with Bond, Shenikin King, our colleagues, our family members, and our neighbors. And we're recording this in early November, just around Veterans Day. And in this episode, I'm speaking with Ryan Marquette, a recent graduate of Syracuse University College of Law, who will be joining Bond, Shenikin King in September 2023. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. It's so nice to catch up with you, and I'm excited to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me here today, Kim. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's nice. So we do this on Zoom, and it's nice to actually get a chance to see you because it's been a while. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. A familiar face goes a long way right now. Yeah, that's great. So why are we speaking with someone who hasn't even joined the firm and won't join for a year? Well, Ryan is a member of the New York Army National Guard and a veteran of the United States Army who attended law school after a career serving in the U.S. Armed Forces. The detour year is because Ryan is again serving full-time before he joins us here at the firm. So how are you doing? Kim, I am doing great. It's absolutely a pleasure to be here with you today. It is also very unique and neat to chime in from Africa, but morale is high over here, and I am proud to report that our citizen soldiers of the 1st Battalion, 69th Infantry Regiment, are all doing well and in high spirits, and we are proud to be here and proud to serve our country. Thanks for taking the time out of all you're doing, and please give our thanks to everyone who you are serving with there from back here at home. We appreciate all they do for us every day. Absolutely. Will do, Kim. Thank you. All right. Well, today I'd like to talk about several things related to you and, of course, Veterans Day, your prior service, your time in law school, your work with IVMF, and what's now known as Operation Veteran Advocacy. Those are veteran organizations, both at Syracuse University. And then briefly, why you chose to defer starting a year and what you hope to do when you get back to Bonchenik and King. Does that work for you? Kim, that sounds absolutely perfect. These are all of my favorite topics in one podcast, law, military service, and of course, everything Bond. Oh, (laughs) that's perfect. Thank you. And that answer will go to everyone on the management committee. So you can hear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, first, I'd like to spend a few minutes because I think it's important talking a little bit about your background so the listeners can get to know you. So if you tell us a little bit about where you grew up, went to school, your family. Absolutely, Kim. I would love to. So first of all, I I call myself semi-local to the Syracuse area. And so that is why I was very adamant on requesting the Syracuse office at Bond. So I'm originally from Rome, New York. So just an hour east. And and it's close to what other city? It is close to the beautiful city of Utica, Kim. That is correct. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And and of course, the home of Utica Greens and Chicken Riggies, obviously. Yes, Uh, absolutely. So I, I, I am well-versed in the, in the local culture here for sure. So as you grow up in Rome, you naturally grow up a Syracuse fan. So I think that is ultimately completely unsurprising that my wife and I, Vanessa Marquette, ultimately ended up here in Syracuse and, and have found this to be our home and our place to set up our roots. In regards to undergrad, so after high school and graduating from Rome Free Academy, I went to Niagara University. I studied political science and criminal justice. And I had aspirations to go to law school, and I ended up taking a quick detour through the Reserve Officer Training Corps at Niagara University, and I commissioned as an infantry officer in the United States Army. And I served for eight and a half years before I found myself exactly where I knew I would be, and that is at Syracuse Law. That's fantastic. Well, so I have to say, Niagara University is also coming up a lot in my life because I'm supposed to be taking someone on a college visit there. 
So yeah. that's great. I didn't realize that you were at Niagara and it was ROTC that brought you to the army. Is that that correct? That is correct. So my brother was actually the the trailblazer here. He was the first to serve. He joined sh- shortly after 9-11. And I was in college, wow, at 2007 now starting. And he was actually deployed at the time. And I was not in ROTC right away. I was a regular college student and I was trying to find my way in life. And his phone calls while he was forward deployed just, just had a pretty significant impact on me. The camaraderie, the spirit to core that military service brought, the aspiration to be part of this global conflict that was ongoing with the global war on terror really struck home to me. And military service is something that you don't have to get into as a young person. You can wait, but that's my recommendation, obviously, is to to get right in it. And I knew that I could not move on in my life without first serving as an active duty infantry officer. So ultimately, that call to service uh, is what brought me in for this detour to the active duty army. And I suppose we should say that Rome, New York, you know, used to be home to a very large Air Force base. I'm not even sure if you would remember that at your age. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I remember the aftermath of it. It, right. it closed in the early 90s when I was way too young to actually remember it being open and, you know, Losing that Air Force base took a big hit to Rome, but luckily it is now the Griffiths Technology Park and jobs are growing and and things are starting to really advance in Rome and and Rome is uh, making a comeback and on the rise for sure. So I'm glad to see that that tragedy has now turned into a positive for that community. Yeah. And I think growing up in a community like that and then your brother, those must have both been big influences on your reason to serve. Well, absolutely, Kim. And, you know, something that I should also mention Griffiths is what brought my family to Rome. My grandfathers were stationed at Griffiths, and that's what brought my parents there. And my parents ended up staying there. So, yeah, I have the the military to thank for my actual upbringing in Rome as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. So can you tell us a little bit about your career in the Army before law school? So uh, as soon as I commissioned from Niagara University in in, uh, 2011, I was first stationed at Fort Benning, Georgia. And I was put through a a pretty typical training path right away. So first I had to go to what is called the Infantry Basic Officer Leadership Course. That is your fundamental and and standard course when you are first assigned as an infantry officer in the United States Army. And then I went to what is ultimately considered the, the graduate school, which is Ranger School at Fort Benning, Georgia. And then I stayed on. I went to Reconnaissance Surveillance and Leaders Course. I went to combatives, I went to airborne school, and then I found myself at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, home of the famous 82nd Airborne Division, the All-American Division, and instantly actually found myself on a short notice deployment to Afghanistan. I spent the rest of my lieutenant years in Fort Bragg serving in positions from platoon leader to executive officer, and then the chief of operations. I caught a second deployment to Iraq in 2015 in the aftermath of our withdrawal from Iraq. And then ISIS went into uh, Mosul in 2014. So we were there in January 2015. By the end of that deployment, I promoted to captain and I was reassigned to Fort Benning, Georgia once again for the Maneuver Captain's Career Course. That is an eight-month school and provides an advanced education that comes with the rank of captain. And then I went home, Kim. 
All I right. went to the one and only Ten Fort Drum, New York. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Fort Drum, New York to the 10th Mountain Division. That is an hour north of Syracuse. And that is where I finished off my active duty time. I was very fortunate to serve as a company commander twice. And then one more deployment to Afghanistan in 2018 to 2019. And then I transitioned to the National Guard and joined the best law school in the world, Syracuse Law. <laughs> well, that is great. And I mean, I, I have to say, you know, we're always glad here in Syracuse, New York to have veterans who serve 10th Mountain, all the armed forces, of course, but this is, you know, we feel like we're kind of home because we're the closest city to the 10th Mountain up there at Fort Drum. So if you deployed in, you were back in 2019, did you start law school like five seconds later? I That's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> That That is exactly what happened. And I also, fun fact, I postponed law school for a year to go on that deployment. I was this accepted. This is a pattern you have here then. That's it, 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 it is. It's a scary pattern, Kim. <laughs> and I would not mind the pattern to break. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so then you have that whole career in the military and then you are in the National Guard and you embark on another career entirely which is the law. So can you tell us a little bit about your time at Syracuse University College of Law? What were you involved with? What was your sort of traditional law school experience parts like? Absolutely love my time at, at Syracuse Law. And, and I am a person that likes to stay busy. And that is exactly what I did. So all throughout the law school, first, I, I stayed and continued my service in the New York Army National Guard, as, as we know, and then simultaneously, you know, worked as a law student there. And I, I couldn't help but get involved with the different organizations there on campus, primarily Syracuse Law Review for two years, my second and third year there. And then also one of my, my biggest passions was Operation Veteran Advocacy, where I was a member for all three years and was very fortunate enough to be elected as president my last two years. And we were able to do great things such as our Veterans Day ceremony and a lot of different philanthropy objectives that, that we had in mind. I was also involved with the National Security Law Association, and I was blessed to have a very unique opportunity where I was able to serve as the first student law representative to the Syracuse University Board of Trustees my last year. So it was a busy three years, Kim, but it was a fun three years, and I don't regret any of it. That's fantastic. I mean, Law Review, I don't know, for those of you who aren't lawyers and maybe who didn't do it, it's a ton of work. It's very detail-oriented, and there's a lot to do, a lot to lots to work on. Some law students only do that if they're, if they're on Law Review, but you took on a lot of other things. And you also you did some work, I think, with IVMF on main campus as well. Is yeah. that true? So I, I was very lucky to be a volunteer and a student intern with the Institute for Veterans and Military Families. As a volunteer, I uh, spend a lot of time with the entrepreneurship boot camp for veterans and for VWISE, which is Veteran Women Ignite the Spirit of Entrepreneurship. At both of those, I was able to just assist with registration, helping running events, helping set up for the events and, and tearing down of the events which is a very rewarding experience to just donate time to our nation's veterans and to see them succeed along their entrepreneurship experience. And I was very fortunate to also work as a student intern for the Institute for Veterans and Military Families. And I was primarily focused in the Veterans Program for Politics and Civic Engagement. This is a nonpartisan program that has one very simple goal, 
and that is to get more of our veterans elected into civilian offices because the viewpoint is very simple, and that is who better to lead in our communities than our nation's veterans. Uh, so with there, I was able to do some research and really help in developing ways in which we can improve the efficiency of the program and improve the overall success of the program. That's fantastic. And that was a IVMF Institute for Veteran and Military Families. That's a huge university-wide commitment at Syracuse University. And they have a beautiful new building, thanks to the donors. But you were also very active in Operation Veteran Advocacy, which was formerly known as Vision. And that's a law school-focused program to assist veterans. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I would love to. So Operation Veteran Advocacy is a philanthropic student organization at Syracuse College of Law with a very simple goal, and that is to improve the lives of our nation's veterans. Interestingly enough, you do not need to be any prior military affiliation in order to join. A lot of them have, whether through its service of their own or some sort of family or friend. And oftentimes it was just students that were interested in giving back to our community by helping our veterans. So with that, we had two primary focuses, advocacy and philanthropy. For advocacy, we like to see ourselves as providing the eyes, ears, and voices for our nation's veterans. So we focused a lot on the post-9-11 GI Bill. We focused a lot on veteran family support and veteran health care. And we like to advocate for policy changes that we saw fit in order to best serve our nation's veterans. In regards to philanthropy, we had a, a lot of various initiatives and a lot of unique ones that actually partnered with some local organizations. Probably our biggest one is Valor Day. Yeah. Valor Day is a hosted uh, each year at the Syracuse Fairgrounds in which we come, we team up with the Syracuse Law Veterans Legal Clinic in the Volunteer Lawyer Project here in Central New York. And we are able to provide free legal services to our veterans in our community in areas such as wills, power of attorneys, and consultations in areas such as landlord-tenant law, employment law, and family law. And this last Saturday, I am very proud to announce that the tradition continues, and we have served over 50 veterans this last weekend at Syracuse Fairgrounds. That's fantastic. I did see some of the pictures on social media. And when uh, when you get back, we have to find ways to make sure that there's a, a bunch of bond lawyers at that event going forward. Absolutely, Kim. All yeah. for it. Yeah, that's fantastic. It was always a great program when I was at the law school. And I know you took it even further when you were there. So you're doing all this work, Ryan, and you're you're advocating and you're on law review. Um, you have all of these activities. But, but at some point, you had to start to think about, well, what am I going to do with this degree? So how did you get to bond? How did I get to bond? Well, backing up to some really great advice I received from the one and only Mrs. Kelly Capozzi, <laughs> who I know is no stranger to bond. She is the uh, legal recruiter at Bond Shenikin King. Yeah, yes, she is. And this goes back to when she was the recruiter at Syracuse College of Law. And she was giving me a tour of the law building when I was an applicant. And her advice to students was to not pre-commit to your career path within the law. It, it, and strangely enough, that was advice I really needed. It's very simple to stay in your comfort zone. And I was thinking as I transitioned from the military, 
oh, I'm certainly going to go into national security law and policy, one of the programs that Syracuse Law is, is best known for. But luckily to that advice, I thought, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. I want to go in with fresh eyes as I pursue this next profession. And, and, and I want to just follow my heart and, and see where this takes me. And interestingly enough, I, I did have an interest in national security law and policy, but I also found myself deeply interested in, in, in business and in employment, in, in litigation and property. And all of these things, very naturally enough, led me to bond Shinnick and King. There you go. That is stuff um, we do here. Yes, it is. And what ultimately got me to bond, I would say, was two things. First, in the recruitment stage, and I even included this in my cover letter, I was clicking around the website trying to figure out who Bond was. And that was the first law firm that I saw that discussed professional development on their website. Uh, It was very clear that they were interested in developing their attorneys to make them well-rounded. The rotational approach that first-year associates get made a ton of sense to me. And also, there was a very team-oriented atmosphere, even on the website. And so as a transitioning veteran, I thought to myself, this is exactly what I was looking for. Not only the type of work, but the work atmosphere is what ultimately brought my application into Bond. That's fantastic. You know, we do think of ourselves as a team. And so I'm glad to know that it translates when into the recruiting process. Big fan of the one firm approach. That's great. Well, so then you summered with us and you received an offer and accepted. So yay, we're very excited about that. And then you had to call back because another offer came your way. The U.S. Army needed you to work for them for a year. So were you nervous at all about that call to bond to ask for deferring your associate start? Yes and no, Kim. That was a that was a very tough one. You know, my my wife Vanessa and I we were very excited for this new life that we built here in Syracuse as part of the transition from the active duty army. We were really focused on on buying a house, the possibility of of raising kids in the same school district, and and really setting up uh, roots in the community. And then I found myself in in this dream job with Bon Shinnick and King. Everything was going good with the the New York Army National Guard, and on top of that, I, I was caught off guard and by surprise with the selection to uh, serve on, the, on this current deployment. So there was a lot going on there in, in regards to personally and, and family-wise. So yes, I was nervous. At the same time, I was confident in, in reaching back out to Bond and, and Colin Leonard and, and Matt Wells. And I was confident in the treatment that I would receive due to the situation that I was in. And unsurprisingly, they embraced this challenge that I had. They accommodated absolutely every single request that I needed. And they stayed with me even today, every step along the way to make sure that that I was set up for success and, and that I was doing well and that I had the support I needed in order to go on this deployment. And most importantly, they said I can come back and work at Bond when I'm done with <laughs> yeah. my military service. So. I, I am very pleased with that part above all. <laughs> yeah, well, we are as well. And of course, we're not at all shocked that the Army National Guard uh, reached out to you because we understand your passion and your commitment and your fantastic abilities. So of course, they reached out to you. And of course, we would find time to make sure this worked so that you could come back to us. But the part that amazes me, right, any of us who've taken the bar exam is that, wait, okay, so then you finish law school and you know you're going to deploy for a 
on many, many months, but you have to take this darn test in the middle called the bar exam. You can't be an attorney unless you pass it. How did you fit in studying, passing, and deploying? <laughs> well, not easily, Kim, uh, <laughs> to put it cleanly and bluntly. It was a very difficult time, but but I'm very blessed. But I have a, a very supportive wife who dealt with all of these ups and downs with me, uh, hand in hand and in, in stride in stride. and stride. And not only did I have support from Bond during this time frame, but I absolutely have to give a shout out to the New York Army National Guard here. So when we were preparing for this deployment, Kim, everyone came and started their training for the deployment in June of 2022. And you can already see the problem. Yes, I do. That that (laughs) conflicts entirely uh, with your bar prep timeline. Luckily, what do you think the occupation of my commander is? He was an attorney. Yes. All right. (laughs) And so I talked to him and I explained the situation and he said, Ryan, I hate this but I completely understand it. And I said, sir, I know you do. And I'm really happy that you're an attorney. So uh, (laughs) him and uh, the support from my brigade commander, both of them supported the option in which I would stay focused on the bar exam, take the bar exam, and then I would join up with the rest of the unit in early August, immediately following the bar exam. So that's ultimately how that worked out. It worked out by by being transparent, both with Bond and the New York Army National Guard, and by having advocates and supporters above me who are looking out for my best interests. And I am uh, forever indebted in both of their favors. Well, I think you you, na- you really nailed it there when you said you had to be transparent and communicate. And um, that's the best way to get all of that done. And I have to say right here, congratulations on passing the New York State Bar Exam. <laughs> well, thank you, Kim. I, I, I must say when I received the notice, I am not sure if I was excited that I passed or if I was excited that I didn't have to go through that again. Yeah. Either way, I was excited. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, I know that um, we have to get you sworn in sort of in a more unique way. So if there's anything I can help with, you just let me know. Absolutely, well, okay. Before we uh, let you get back to work or sleep or whatever it is with the time difference, <laughs> maybe a few minutes of time off, why is the work of Operation Veteran Advocacy IVMF, the Veterans Rights Clinic, and all the veteran service organizations. Why is it so important? Well, that's a that's a very very interesting question, Kim. And and I think to answer that, I I need to rifle off a couple of my favorite stats. Yeah. The first one being that our military has been an all volunteer force since 1973. There is no mandatory service obligation, and there hasn't been one in decades. And and that's very unique. My second stat that I love to rifle off is that less than 1% of our nation is actively serving in the U.S. military. And these two stats are very important because what that means is that most Americans are able to reap the benefits of the American way of life without carrying on the burden of actively enforcing our nation's defense policy. And it's also important because our elected officials are able to make strategic decisions that only affects an extreme minority of their constituents. And so that's why it's important because that work that these great organizations do, do their service and their due diligence as citizens to pay that debt back to our nation's veterans that give us these freedoms that we hold so dearly. And I think that is something that that every citizen can do 
as a sign of thanks and, and, and a sign of an appreciation is to very simply to support these organizations or to very simply thank a, thank a service member in their community. I think that's a perfect way to say this is why we honor Veterans Day and that's why it's so important. Absolutely, Kim. I couldn't agree more. Well, I just want to say thank you, Major Marquette, on behalf of all of us at Bond. Thank you for your service. Thank you to your brigade and the men and women that you are serving with. And to all of the veterans at the firm, the Bond family members that are serving, I know that there are many of them out there and those who have served. And of course, all the veterans in the United States military. Thank you all for your service. Thank you for having me here today. And thank you for the commitment from Bond. Of course. And I have to ask this now so we can have you you know, recorded. What do you think about coming back to the podcast next year and telling us about life as an associate? I would say that's a definite, Kim. I appreciate and that. This time, I, I would like to be in one Lincoln Center in person for this next one. I think that's and, a good plan. Let's do that. <laughs> all righty. Sounds good. All right. Well, and hello to Vanessa from all of us as well. And thank her and all of the family members of our service members for the sacrifices they make and their commitment to the United States Armed Forces as well. All right. Thanks again, Ryan. It's so nice to see you and talk to you. I'm really looking forward to having you a couple of floors away and seeing you when you get back. Likewise, Kim. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Legally Bond. If you're listening and have any questions for me, want to hear from someone at the firm, or have a suggestion for a future topic, please email us at legallybond at bsk.com. Also, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Legally Bond wherever podcasts are downloaded. Until our next talk, be well. Bond, Shenick, and King has prepared this communication to present only general information. This is not intended as legal advice, nor should you consider it as such. You should not act or decline to act based upon the contents. While we try to make sure that the information is complete and accurate, laws can change quickly. You should always formally engage a lawyer of your choosing before taking actions which have legal consequences. For information about our communication, firm, practice areas, and attorneys, visit our website, bsk.com. This is Attorney Advertising.